Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to A Minute with Coach Riggs. Former T.R. Miller head football coach Jamie Riggs shares his views on all aspects of football after a 40-year Hall of Fame high school career. Coach Riggs and his guests will discuss the latest on the local high school and college teams, the current issues that are dominating high school, college, and NFL football, as well as reliving some of the classic moments and history of the game with the people that made it happen. This is A Minute with Coach Riggs. Welcome to A Minute with Coach Riggs. Uh, This is Jamie Riggs, and uh, appreciate you joining us today. We are involved in doing the T.R. Miller Top 25 football teams of all time. And so this show is scheduled, or this episode is scheduled to um, do teams 20 through 16. And this is going to be kind of hard for some of you to believe, but David Jennings joined me to do this episode, and uh, we also included some other guests. And uh, by the time we got through doing the um, uh, 20 through 16, we had run way over our time limit. And so rather than going back and editing some things out and trying to get under the time limit, decided just to do this in two episodes. And so the first episode uh, we will do here will be uh, teams 20 through 18. And then the second episode will involve teams 17 and 16. So we do get a little carried away sometimes when we start talking about uh, some of the great football teams at T.R. Miller. So again, I appreciate you joining. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, here we go with a minute with Coach Riggs. And this will be T.R. Miller Top 25, Part 1, Numbers 20 through 16. Well, welcome you to a minute with Coach Riggs, and we are once again doing the top 25 football teams of all time at T.R. Miller High School. There's been 97 seasons, I think, of footballs. We're doing the top 25 teams. Um, Today, we're going to do numbers 20 through 16, and uh, we've got some special guests that are going to be with us as well, and I have with me uh, David Jennings again. So, David, you ready to go with uh, 16 through 20? I am, Coach. Excited about it. Well, now, last time you you expressed a little concern about the committee. Some of the teams that were in 25 through 21, you didn't see how they weren't further up on the list a little bit. But I think tonight, as we start looking at this and doing this, I think you're going to see maybe the reason some of those teams got pushed back. We've got five really good football teams to talk about. And let me just oh, yes, sir. let me just remind everybody the uh, number twenty five team of all time was the nineteen fifty one team that went ninety one and was coached um, by Hal White. Number twenty four team was the nineteen seventy three football team went ten and two, coached by Frank Cotton. The number twenty three team was the two thousand twenty two T R Miller Tigers. They went ten and two, of course, and were coached by Brent Hubbard. The number 22 team, and this one kind of baffled you a little bit, the 1977 T.R. Miller Tigers. They went 91, and again, were coached by Frank Cotton. And then the number 21 team was the 1940 T.R. Miller football team, went 7-1-1, coached by Ben McLeod, that only gave up 14 points in the entire season. We will start tonight with number 20. And, and, and before we get started, I just would like to remind everybody, if you'll, again, go on a minute with Coach Riggs' Facebook page, uh, I'll have video, pictures, anything we can gather up about each of these teams so you can learn a little bit more about them. Here we go. The number 20 T.R. Miller football team of all time is the 1964 T.R. Miller Tigers. This team was coached by Daryl Fitz. They had a record of 8-1-1. But the 64 team is extremely significant. The 64 team is the dividing line between the failures of the late 50s and early 60s and the great Miller football tradition that we know today. Since 1964, Miller has had three losing seasons, and that's in the last 59 years since 1964. We assume that the 2023 team, David, is going to be a winning football team as well. 
Certainly they will be, which means we would have had three losing seasons after this year in 60 years. That's a pretty good record. That's amazing. That's amazing. The 1963 Miller team, the year before, was a very unsuccessful team, but they had a really solid defense that year, but they couldn't score any points. And when Coach Fitz arrived from Mountain Brook, he'd been an assistant up there, an offensive assistant, he brought offensive knowledge to the Tigers. He also moved Mike Sasser from quarterback to what is wing back in the wing T offense he was using, and he could use him there as a halfback and also as a wide receiver and could better use, utilize his speed. This is a stat that uh, when you think about it will kind of hit you kind of hard. This is the difference between the 64 team and the other teams behind them. In 1964, T.R. Miller scored more points that season than they had scored in the previous four years. Wow. So <laughs> wow. We, we hadn't scored many, but to say that, that you scored more points than you had the free, previous four years is really a, some kind of stat. The defense only gave up 72 points that year. That's the least amount since the great 1951 team. And here is something even, even kind of crazier than that. Only the 1969 team and the 1980 team, which was Frank Cotton's last team, have given up less points per game than the 64 team over these last 59 years. Yeah, in addition to scoring points, David, they could play defense. Yeah, I, I've never heard heard that. That's that's a that's an amazing stat. Prior to the '64 season, Miller had, had six losing seasons in a row, and had won only three games in four years. This team was ranked as high as number two in the polls. Uh, we tied Andalusia, which had a record of five, three, and two that year, thirteen to thirteen on October 9th, and lost to Neil seven to nothing. Neil was 91 that year. Lost to Neil 7 to nothing on Thursday, November the 20th. They had moved the game to Thursday because they wanted a, a bigger crowd. It was the biggest Miller Neil game ever at that point in time. The crowd estimate at Rotary Field was between four and five thousand people. Probably probably seated two thousand. Wow. This team shut out the first four opponents, which was Frisco City, Flomaton, Choctaw County, and uh, Crestview. Their only other close game was a 27-26 victory at Monroeville. But this team kind of captured the community, I think, the hearts of, uh, uh, of, of everyone in Bruton uh, because of the lack of success. They ran a wing tee offense, and, and really we had some tremendous crowds both at home uh, and on the road. Dave, before I do the players, a couple of things interesting about the 64 teams as well. They did play at Rotary Field. It was the last full season at Rotary Field. In 65, uh, we played about half the season at Rotary Field before Bruton Municipal Stadium got ready. We finished the 65 season in the in Municipal Stadium. And the other thing I remember about this team, I was in the third grade when they played. So I, you know, I was pretty much enthralled with the whole thing. In 64, they started wearing all red uniforms sometimes. And so, you know, we like, we love it when we come to the game, they'd be dressed in all red. So it was a, it was a, a fantastic football team. Let's talk about some of the players. So you always start with Mike Sasser. Uh, Mike was number 22. He was the guy who was faster than everybody else. You know, you see those guys every once in a while, no matter what the level of play, he's just faster than everybody else. Mike was faster than everybody else. His ability to make big plays on returns and runs and passes uh, made us uh, much, much more explosive. Chuck Cunningham uh, was a split end and defensive end as well as a tight end. Uh, Chuck would end up signing with Ole Miss. Sammy Franklin was a great football player. He was played fullback and linebacker. He was also an All-State player. He was the number one tackler on the team. Cuttingham, Jeff Kaler, Danny Daniel were the ends. Mark Cole and Jimbo Hayes were the senior tackles. The guards were Bill Fouts, 
Reed Luttrell, and Brooks Garrett Fouts is from the famous Fouts brothers of Benita, oh, yeah. from Benita Avenue. And Bill Fouts would almost be in the category, I'm not sure what you call this category, that would include the Dwayne Hammocks and Tony <laughs> Burnham's. Bill Fouts was tough. Bill Fouts was tough. Uh, the center was Jimmy Raines. He was a sophomore. Rio Kirkland also played center. Uh, Butch Stokes alternated at quarterback as, with Jimmy Raines. Butch was a really good runner, and he was a sophomore. Raines was a better passer. I think he was a senior. They also played Butch Stokes at halfback some. Uh, Sasser was usually the left halfback. Franklin the fullback. Sam Shad, Ronnie Overstreet, and Stokes kind of alternated to right halfback. Also, defensively, uh, Bill Fouts was just a dominant defensive lineman. Everybody had, had problems with him. Franklin, Jimmy Reese, and Rio Kirkland were the linebackers. Cuttingham played defensive end. He was an excellent defensive end. Sasser, Overstreet, and Jimmy Range were all quality defensive backs. And in those days, David, almost everybody played on both sides of the ball. In fact, uh, you might have one or two guys come out when, when you went from offense to defense. And, of course, they would sub some guys along the way. At the end of the season, of course, Sasser signed with the University of Alabama, Cuttingham with Ole Miss, and Darrell Fitz was the AP Coach of the Year in the state of Alabama. And, of course, Mike Sasser played in the North-South All-Star game the next summer. The uh, 1964 team was one that uh, changed it all around in Bruton as far as football goes. I, tell, I certainly recognize a lot of those names that you just mentioned, a lot of them great Bruton family names for, for many generations. Not being born until 1969, I obviously never got to watch this team play, but I have seen some of the clips that you sent. And, of course, I was probably most interested in Coach Sasser's footage. Uh, I played for him you know, later when I got into high school and, and certainly uh, have great memories of, of my time with him. But Sasser was real. I mean, he was a real guy. Those, those, those clips that, that, that I've watched – I mean, you know, a lot of people talk about different eras of football. He was an athletic dude. I mean, he could have played at any time and been a and been an all star. Of course, Mike was very successful at the uh, University of Alabama when he went there and um, returned punts and as a sophomore and defensive back played safety and was on, I believe, the all sophomore team, SEC sophomore team. And and I, I'm not the only one that that shares his opinions. A lot of folks felt like that had he not injured his knee, he injured his knee um, in uh, before the 67 season. Had he not injured his knee and been able to play his entire career, uh, he very well could have had an NFL career. Uh, he could run, he could play, he could tackle, he could, he could do it all. But, but he was uh, the one that helped uh, make this thing go in 1964. One other thing about the 64 team, David, that's, People forget sometimes. We had a, a, a good group of seniors. We had a really good junior class that year. Bill Fouts was one of them, Rio Kirkland, uh, Sam Shad, Ronnie Overstreet. We had a really good junior class combined with the seniors. Obviously, that's one of the reasons why we were successful. The 65 team went 5-5. Five and five. It was Daryl Fitz's uh, other year there. Went 5-5. Five and five. The difference in those two teams – Obviously, the 65 team, not quite as good as the 64 team. The 65 team played a horrendous schedule. And when you win, especially in those days, when you win, same thing's true today, you have a hard time getting games. Yeah. And, and they had a hard time scheduling football games for 1965. We went back and just started kind of looking at the, the 65 team itself and, and what happened the next year. And when you look at the schedule that they played in 1965, they started the year with Sylacauga. We played at Sylacauga. Then we played Flomaton. And the third week, we played Parish High School in Selma. 65 team went 5-5, five and five, but they really very much could have been a winning football team had they been able to play a better schedule, but they just had great difficulties because they lost to uh, Sylacauga 34-6. to They lost to Parrish, which was much better schools, obviously, in those days, 47-14. to uh, We lost to Crestview. We played Crestview again 20-18. to So 
I just think that that 65 team was a pretty good team because they had a pretty good group of seniors. They just played a really tough schedule. But the 64 team will will be remembered for a long time for a lot of reasons. But they're just very, 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 very successful, and they are the dividing line. Good group. The number 19 T.R. Miller football team of all time, the 2001 T.R. Miller Tigers, coached by Jamie Riggs. We were 4A. We were uh, had a record of 12-2. and two. We were a state semifinalist. We lost to UMS twice that year. They were the state champions. Uh, we lost to them 27 in the regular season, 20-7. We lost to them 33-7 in the semifinals. All state, our all-state running back was Rayvon Howard, who had led us to the state championship in 2000. Uh, he was injured in the eighth game and really never fully recovered from a high ankle sprain. A high ankle sprain is, is a tough deal. Interesting thing about the 2001 team, at times, we were a very, very dominant team. In fact, of the 12 wins, we won every one of those games by at least 18 points. So we won all our games, all 12 of them, essentially by three touchdowns. We beat an undefeated Dale County team who was 12-0 and uh, in the quarterfinals. We beat them uh, in Bruton 34-7. The scoring average for the 2001 T.R. Miller team, we averaged 34.3 points per game. We gave up 16.1, which is an average of 18.2 is the point differential. We've learned that anything around 18 to 20 is really good. Rayvon Howard was the Alabama sports writers for a back of the year, made everyone's super all-state team. Ty Samuel was honorable mention all-state as an offensive lineman, big Ty. Uh, Patrick Byrne was our punter, place kicker, and quarterback. He played, uh, he was the punter and place kicker in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. And this team beat W.S. Neal 28 to nothing. Before I do the players, David, here, I'm going to do this very quickly. This was a good football team. It gets lost a little bit in between the two state championship teams. The players. Obviously, Pat Byrne had a great year for us. He ended up signing with Memphis. A great year at quarterback, punter. Uh, nobody returned kickoffs on us that year. You know, when we played UMS uh, first time, uh, Terry Curtis said, wow, y'all got a good kicker. And I said, yeah. I said, I tell you what. I said, if you got somebody on your team who daddy gives a lot of money, he's not very good. Put him back there return kickoffs this week because all he'll do is catch it and hand it to the referee. <laughs> That's pretty good. In addition to Pat, we had Ladero Wesley who played nose guard and fullback. He was outstanding. He was so tough. Dusty Wilson was our center. Brandon Wilcox played guard. Ty Samuel also played guard. Trent Davidson was a tackle at that time. We had used Trent. He was a sophomore. Used him as a tackle. Shane Dawsey and Juan Johnson were our top receivers on defense, linebackers Dominique Johnson, Quentin Galloway were excellent, uh, as was senior Javon Howard. Will Cox and Kurt Prater were our defensive tackles. Antoine Gomez and Wesley uh, played nose. Wilson and junior Michael Jones were the defensive ends. Dawson, once again, Juan Johnson kind of led the secondary. But uh, this was an outstanding team, and we have a member of the 2001 team to join us and talk about that season. Okay, I have with me now uh, Pat Byrne. Pat was the quarterback, place kicker, and punter on the 2001 T.R. Miller Tigers, one of the top 25 football teams of all time. And, Pat, it's good to have you with us and uh, and talk about the 2001 team, which was your senior year. So it's been 20 years. Looking back, talk about the 2001 team um, just from a standpoint that uh, after all these years, how do you look at it? Yeah, well, well first, just thanks for having me on. And, um, you know, I feel, feel honored to be able to talk about, you know, T.R. Miller football anytime and, and my time uh, in Bruton and uh, the special teams I was a part of. Um, but certainly, yeah, the 2001 team was one that uh, obviously my senior year, there was a lot of lot of excitement um, and, and build up kind of leading in that season, you know, Year prior, we had um, won the state championship with a team that I think not many people expected us to really do much with, and um, so you know we had a lot of a lot of returning 
contributors from that team coming into the 01 season. And, and I just think there was a lot of uh, expectations that, you know, hey, this, this team is they, – they lost some really good seniors. We didn't have a big senior class in 2000, um, but there were some, some great leaders, um, some guys who made some big plays throughout the season. But I think for most people thought, hey, the, the, the key – some of the key parts of the team are coming back and this team could easily win it again. And I think we started the year ranked number one um, in the preseason yeah. poll. So there was a lot of excitement. And I just remember uh, that being kind of the, the big thing heading into the season. I think, you know, we were ranked number one, so we weren't going to be sneaking up on anybody um, that, that year. And I remember seeing some of the, the guys from Andalusia and some other teams that we had on the schedule and they were, they were chomping at the bit to get their shot at us. Um, you know, we had won some of those games in 2000 um, just by, you know, pure grit and determination and, and pulling them out kind of in the second half. And I think some folks thought, hey, we, we're going to get y'all this year. And and so we we knew we were going to have the, the target on our backs. And uh, But, you know, the thing I loved about the one team is I don't think anybody on that, that team was – everybody was excited for that challenge and, and right. ready to try to take a shot at repeating and – you know, really for all intents and purposes, that team, I mean, did a great job of not letting that that hype and um, those expectations really distract us from, you know, having a really, really, really good season. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like, you know, if not for um, UMS right, I think that team could have won a state championship. Um, I think it was that good. And, um I think we won, you know, outside of the UMS games. I mean, we, we handled everybody pretty well. And, um, you know, if not for them, I think you could be, we could be talking about, you know, Miller winning three state championships, um, you know, back to back to back, uh, 2000, 2001, 2002. Um, so, and you know, it was, Pat, a, it was just one of those years where, you know, we, we had ran up against a really good team in UMS, but uh, outside of that, we played some really good football. Pat, you know, um, we get a little lost. Oh, one gets a little lost because we won the thing in 2000, as you said, and then we won the next year in 02 when we went to 3A. And so, so you guys get a little lost there. But the thing about, and you mentioned this, we were really dominant through, through the year. In fact, one of the best streaks in the history of Miller football, we won 12 games that year and won every game, every one of those games by at least 18 points which is yeah. really, really, you know, hard to do. So, obviously, we had some strengths. Talk about some of our strengths that we had. You know, I thought offensively, um, we could run – I mean, Rayvon Howard, great tailback. We had Ladarrell Wesley at fullback. Um, you know, we I felt like we could do a lot of things on offense. Um, in fact, I felt like we had to honestly take the, the foot off the gas pedal in a lot of games uh, just because we were – we had, we were scoring so quickly and building such big leads against teams that it was kind of like, hey, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to embarrass them too bad. And it felt like most of the time we were getting pulled at halftime or having to pull back at halftime or, or at least in the third quarter and not really being able to play four quarters because the game was already out of hand and we were scoring so much. And, you know, we just had, a, I think, a very uh, a good offensive line. Uh, we had receivers who can make plays. Um, so we were, we were pretty balanced in, in our attack, but we were able to score, um, and defensively we had some guys that, um, yeah, did a, I mean, just pursued the football extremely well. We were a fast team. You know, that's, that's yeah. what I remember on both sides of the ball. This team, those teams were fast. They, they just made plays. They made it really hard for the opposition just because of the speed. I mean, if they weren't in good shape or weren't able to pursue well, uh, and just kind of keep up, it was, just, it was going to be a long night for them. Um, so it was just, it was a good, really good group of guys who, who enjoyed being together. Um, but yeah, I just remember us being able to score, um, a lot. And then, uh, defensively, you know, there were some, some really strong defensive performances by that group, um, throughout that season. I mean, I'm particularly against Dale County in the third round yeah. of the playoffs. I mean, I think that Dale County team was averaging 40 something points a game and we beat them 34 to seven or something yeah, like that. That's right. And, you know, that was you know, that just shows how good of a team we were on both sides of the ball. I think to be able to to handle a, an undefeated team in the playoffs that deep in the playoffs uh, like that, it was it was a good, it was a really good team. Like I said, outside of UMS, I think we were the second best team in in 4A that year. You know, um, we were we were good at linebacker. Um, 
You know, uh, yeah. Javon Howard came back and played as a senior. Javon took him a little while to get going, but he had a really good year at linebacker. And then Dominique Johnson and mm-hmm. Quentin Galloway, who had tremendous years the next year as seniors to win the 3A championship, they were they were good, tough linemen. We, we, we ran well. And, and Michael Jones basically played defensive end out linebacker. He could really run. So you were right. We ran well, but we had good linebacker play. Yeah, Javon coming out that year was huge for us because, you know, I think uh, we needed some some extra help on defense. And he was he's a big guy. And like you said, once he got um, an understanding of what his role was and how to um, kind of position the, the defense and make plays, I mean, I remember he made a huge play against Thomasville over there on the road. It was a pretty uh, – it was, it was a game where, you know, we're putting up a good fight. And I think he, he kind of intercepted one over the middle and took it to the house and – you know, kind of flipped that game around. But he, he made a lot of plays that year. Juan uh, in the secondary with, with Dalsey, you know, those guys were reliable and kind of got the secondary straight. Yeah, the defense, you know, uh, Ladero played defense, made a lot of plays. Um, I mean, talk about a guy who just made plays on both sides of the ball all year. I mean, it's funny. I went, I can't remember when I went back and watched some of those games, but I was just, you know, and I told him this, but like, I, was, I was just – I was blown away by the number of big plays Ladero made, you know, on both sides of the ball throughout that whole season. It's just he's one of those guys that just seemed like every game would have a big player or two and um or three or four, you know, he yeah. just was always there. Um but we had we had some really good ball players. Um, you know, I, I coached the um I coached the secondary that year and, and I really had a great time coaching those guys because particularly like Juan and uh Shane Dalsey and, you know, always gave great effort. Very, very solid in everything that they did. Really smart. And you like mm-hmm. to, to play those guys back there in the secondary that are that are like that. One other thing I always think about them particularly and, and the rest of you guys as seniors is playing football at Miller meant something to y'all. And you could tell by the way you practiced and how important it was that uh, you wanted to do well, but it meant a lot to you to be able to play for Miller. Absolutely. Yeah, I think everybody on that team um, had grown up watching um, the teams in the 90s. And we, we, we wanted to be one of – we wanted to be, like, leave, have a team like those, you know, like 91 or 94 or even 95, 96. You know, all of those teams left an impression on us, and we wanted to be like that. And, and we – you know, even though we had won a state championship in 2000, we wanted to be the first to go back-to-back. And that was our motivation. And, you know, I just I, – I really enjoyed being around every single guy on that team. And even to the to this day, like when I get – I'm able to be around those guys. Like those the, those feelings and that camaraderie comes back. And it's just – it was just really special. It was really special at that time, but it's even more special now because that's just – I think I appreciate uh, how rare that is. And, uh, you know, that we didn't have any infighting or guys bickering about things. It was a very selfless group. And – Guys just wanted to win, and they'd do whatever it t- took to to get the W. Um, and they worked hard, enjoyed working hard. Nobody complained about, hey, we got to do extra this or extra that. You know, they, we all felt like it was necessary in order for us to, you know, achieve the goals that we had. So it was just a lot of fun. It was a, it was a great group, and um, yeah, we 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 gave a, a lot of teams hell um, <laughs> that year, and. Uh, you know, made a really good run at it. And, you know, with, with the target on our back too, I mean, teams really wanted to beat us. And, you know, I remember going over to Andalusia right after nine 11 and um, there was a lot of emotions circling and, and, you know, they definitely wanted to beat us. I think we were up 38 to nothing in the, it felt like the first quarter, but it was like early (laughs) in the second quarter, we had a huge lead on them and ended up blowing them out. And, you know, it was just, you know, we just had a special group that could do a lot and, you know, I really, what I remember too that year, it seemed like we kind of hit a point in the season where we had a couple of injuries to some guys. I remember Juan getting hurt. Um, felt, it felt like a few other guys got yeah. banged up. I know Ray went down with the, Ray Von Howard went down with the ankle injury at some point, missed a couple games. And, you know, we just kind of hit that um, injury bug, got us for a little bit, and I think slowed us down. I mean, we kept winning, but I think that, that hurt our ability to kind of keep, um, keep everything together and kind of, get stronger um as we went into the playoffs and you know as you know you know you want to be at your peak when 
that playoff season came and I think we were we were trying to get regrouped in that first round and and especially the second round um and it really wasn't until the third round I felt like we kind of got everybody back healthy um to be able to give give at least a decent shot against UMS and unfortunately just wasn't enough that night down in Mobile well you um the the other part we talked about strengths of our team uh, obviously uh you were one of the strengths of our team you know it's very unusual to um have someone who can punt and place kick like you could. People were basically they could put just about anybody back to return kickoffs they wanted to because they weren't going to get to return it because it's going in the end zone most of the time. Everybody starting from the twenty yard line. You were a great punter. We 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 didn't punt a whole lot a lot of times, but uh, you were able to back people up with that. And uh, not only that, but your your, your leadership really meant something and uh, learned a lot about the kicking game in those days and how important it was. Yeah, I felt like it gave us a huge, huge advantage. Um, you know, teams always having to start on the 20 because of the touchbacks and then yeah, just uh, even pinning teams deep in their own territory, I think really gave our defense an edge because they knew, you know, it was going to take a lot for the opposing offense to, to even get any points at all. You know, we have to go 40, 50, maybe 60 yards, even have a chance at a field goal. Um, which that, that puts a lot of stress on a high school offense. And yeah, I felt like our special teams, both in 2000 and 2001, were a huge uh, advantage for us. And we won, I think we won a lot of games because we put the other team at such a, a disadvantage. Uh, but everybody contributed to that. It wasn't, you know, I don't feel like it was just me. I mean, everybody did a great job. Coverage teams, snappers, holders, um, you know, everybody, the coaches, just putting a good game plans in for how we approached that and the, the attention we put towards it. But yeah, that was a, that's certainly a strength of ours too. Was uh, how we how we played on special teams and just uh, you know the return game too. It was all. I mean, I mean, we opened up the season with a hundred, almost a hundred yard kickoff return by Rayvon against yeah. Atmore. You know, it was just we had a good, you know, had a good all three phases. Um, it, was, it was a really solid group that now, was able to do a lot. Now you you kicked a fifty five yard field goal. What game was that? That was uh, against Monroe County. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I remember about that is you hardly ever got to kick a field goal that year. We were scoring. Once we got in red zone area down there, I mean, we were scoring all the time. And you, you rarely got a chance to kick a field goal. And I remember something happened. We got a penalty or something. It was third and whatever. And I just remember thinking, you know, if I like run the fullback up the middle here, Pat will get a chance to try this long field goal. So I call some play up the middle so you could have a chance. Because if I'd have called a pass play, we'd have probably made the first down. You wouldn't have got a chance to uh, to kick it. But uh, 55 yards, obviously, school record. And uh, that one may stand for a while. Yeah, I would also remember about that. You're right, we did run like a belly or something around <laughs> the middle. And I was thinking that was interesting. I was like, that's an interesting why don't we just call that on third and long? <laughs> and then we, we got lined up to kick the field goal. And I think it was a 50 yarder at first. And I think we got to delay a game. And I looked at <laughs> We might have done that on like, purpose. No, just stay out there. You were going to kick it. And I was like, okay. Was like, and I think that the day before in practice, I don't know why, but we, we were doing field goal on, on uh, Thursday. We, we were, we got pretty far back. And I think I, I kicked one from 60 and made it. Yeah. And so there must have been something in the air that was helping the ball travel. <laughs> but I remember feeling like, okay, well, I hit a 60-yarder yesterday, so I can I can hit, I can can still hit from 55. And, you know, thankfully we had perfect snap, hold, and the kick went through. But, yeah, that was that was a special special moment, you know, to just to have that opportunity, really. But, yeah, to be able to actually make it from there was, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. All right, Pat. Listen, it's great to talk to you. And um, thanks for talking to us about the uh, 2001 T.R. Miller Tigers, one of the one of T.R. Miller's 25 greatest football teams of all time. Take care, Pat. All right. Thanks, Coach. All right. So, David, uh, appreciate Pat coming on. And this was a really good team that, again, gets lost in between the championship teams a little bit. We did lose to uh, UMS twice. We got that rematch in the second game, but they were just a little bit too much for us that night. They had a really good passing attack, had an outstanding receiver, and uh, we just didn't handle them very well that night down there and, and, and really just couldn't get, get anything going much. It was pretty obvious at the time that as good as we were, we just weren't quite as good as UMS. 
Well, they, they were good. Yeah, there's no, I mean, there, there was no shame in, in losing to that bunch. I remember their linebacker. I think his name was Curran Foose. He's one of the better linebackers I've seen play at the high school level. The, uh, I think it was uh, the Pierce kid that played a wide receiver. They were certainly complete, certainly good. Um, two good teams, and they kind of got it rolling there in the semifinals against us. And, you know, any time a, a team, a good team can get rolling, sometimes the, the score can get a little skewed. They were the better football team that night, there's no question, but it certainly doesn't diminish the product we put out there. I also remember that being one of the great nights of the T.R. Miller faithful getting on the road and going with the Tigers yeah. because all, all of Brute was down there that night. That was a, a big game. It had been talked about since the, the, the game in the regular season when we had them here at Municipal Stadium. I think everybody here – kind of circled that one as as a, as, as the rematch and a, and a must-see game. And uh, we went in great numbers to Mobile that night, and unfortunately it didn't go our way, but it was still a great football team. It's fun to celebrate them. And a lot of, a lot of good players, and, um, and, and and not only a lot of good players, but uh, those guys played very hard for our school. And uh, yes, they, they, were, they were very dedicated to what they did. And I know they, they wanted a better outcome than what they got at the end of the 01 season. But they had, had been a big part of, of the success that we had had in 2000 and um, outstanding players. You, know, you, 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 mentioned several, you, you mentioned several of the players, and, and they all deserve to be mentioned over and over and over again. One that stood out to me that year, and primarily I didn't know him. You know he did not grow up here in our rec programs like I knew some of the other ones, was Dusty Wilson. I think he was a, a Connecticut County kid that came over mm-hmm. sometime during the junior high age. But I remember not really knowing him but how impressive he was and how he kind of fit the mold of a T.R. Miller Tiger, not being the biggest or the strongest out there, but my Lord, he played hard. He played physical. He did, and um, that was kind of the scenario that we had with that group. Um, they were they were tough. Uh, they played hard. Uh, they got after it all the time. We had good practices and so forth, and, and they loved playing for T.R. Miller. And, um, and obviously the success shows that that was just a, a really good group. The number 18 team is the 1986 T.R. Miller Tigers, coached by Mike Sasser, record of 12-2. and two. This group was really led by a strong senior class. It, uh, they had been around. They had been sophomores when we won the 84 championship. So they had been around some winning, and that was a pretty good group. Uh, this team uh, really displayed dominance at times. We kind of got off to a slow start. We lost the opener to Andalusia 20-15 to 15 at the end of the game and then beat kind of what turned out to be kind of an average Thomasville team. We beat them 25-21, to 21, but then all of a sudden the 86 team caught on fire. Went through an 11-game streak where they gave up only 58 points, and that included six shutouts. So that's obviously less than a touchdown a game. Uh, this group beat Neal 47 to nothing. They beat an outstanding Geneva team in the playoffs, 13-12 to in the quarterfinals, and a really good 10-win Lynette team, 31-7 to in the semifinals. We would lose to Litchfield, 23-14, to uh, in the state championship game. Scoring average of this team, we averaged 27.3 points per game. We gave up only 8.7, which was an average of 18.6 was the point differential. And we also... The 86 team beat some good teams. We, we also beat Monroeville that year. Monroeville uh, went to the quarterfinals of the playoffs, I think, and uh, won 10 games that year. Some outstanding, just some of the seniors. Uh, and, and, of course, I had coached. Uh, I had left. I was in op as the head coach in 86. But I had coached all these guys as, as sophomores and juniors. The great Joseph Williams at running back. Uh, Keith Megason was a quarterback. Chris Bell. Uh, played um, running back and um, and defense back. Frederick Craig, Fred was tough, uh, fullback and defense back. Jeffrey Hall, an outstanding tight end. Robert McClellan played played tackle. Roger McClellan played linebacker. Mark Ward played center and defensive end. Chris Chisholm played offensive and defensive tackle. Scott White played nose guard. And, of course, Dwayne Clark became a really good wide receiver and and contributed a lot that year. Lou Nager, who played defensive end. And there were some good juniors on the team, including Thad Betts, who was a guard, Robbie Jernigan, linebacker, Scott Ryland played guard and defensive tackle, Doug Bell played defensive back, 
and David Jennings played defense back as well. So, DJ, I'm going to turn this over to you. This was uh, the team that we had your junior year. And, and I think everybody thought going into the 86 team that T.R. Miller was going to be good. Yeah, I think, you know, it was uh, hearing those names you just mentioned, it brings a smile to my face. I have such fond memories of playing with all my former teammates and going to school and, and the good times we had. And I remember uh, it, it was a lot like the 84 team in terms of makeup. Like you mentioned, we had strong, strong senior leadership. And you just mentioned most of them. You know, it started with our quarterback, Keith Megason. You know, in those days, we huddled up on offense and defense. And on the offensive huddle, Meg did all the talking. Uh, and, and if you if you tried to say something, he would dismiss you. Uh, <laughs> Meg was the, he, he was he was the unquestioned leader uh, in, in, in the huddle, and he was a great quarterback. Uh, he, he he was a field general. He threw it well, ran the offense, commanded respect. Uh, he he was fun to play with. Um, uh, the senior offensive line you mentioned, Robert McClellan and Chris Chisholm were kind of the anchors there, and then Mark Ward, our center, Mark Ward might have been the best football player I played with. I really think he was one of those guys that you could have played him anywhere and he could have played winning football. For us, he was a center and a defensive end, but he could have done anything. Joseph Williams was the, was the matchup nightmare for the opposing teams, as was Jeffrey Hall. You know, Jeffrey Ooh. Hall was kind of a dual threat tight end. He could certainly put his hand in the dirt and block. But Coach Prater, when he came over that year, he brought a little offensive package where we would flex Jeffrey Hall out in the slot, and they haven't covered him yet. You know, he went in, uh, to be a, an all-state uh, tight end, and I'm sure he holds every receiving record at T.R. Miller. He probably had eight or 900 yards receiving, you know, 12 or 14 touchdowns, whatever it was. But he was just a great football player. And, of course, Chris Bell and Frederick Craig and Roger McClellan. And a, 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 one, a kind of a, a one-hit wonder. He only played his senior year, Michael Fountain. We called him Bug. Yeah. He played, uh, played that boundary corner. He was great. Very physical. Very, very physical. He would come down the box and he would light you up. But it was that was a great team. Uh, I think preseason we were ranked number one going into the year. And, you know, we kind of felt like if we put in the work that we would have an opportunity and we certainly did. And it was, uh, the, the schedule was, was, it was blood in and blood out. One of the teams you didn't mention what was a great football team. And it was a pretty bitter rivalry for, for us at TR middle in the eighties was Alba. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we had some wars with Alba now. I'm going to tell you, we, uh, we beat them in the regular season that year, six to nothing down there, and it was in a monsoon. I remember in those days the games were filmed on 12 millimeter, and it didn't even turn out uh, you, because from where the camera was in their press box in the field, you couldn't see anything. I mean, it was uh, they fumbled the opening kickoff. We recovered it from about the eight yard line, 12 yard line, whatever it was. We scored, and that was it. Probably shouldn't even play the game, to be honest with you. But then we got them back in the playoffs, and they were a, a team that there was a, a lot of chatter back and forth with them. It, it, just real quick, if you remember, and I never really understood this, Coach, at the old stadium, under the stadium, we dressed on the south end, but we did our pregame warm-ups on the north end. The visiting <laughs> team would dress on the north end and do their pregame warm-ups in the south end. So you got to pass each other. <laughs> yeah, you got to pass each other Going in and out. Times. You got to pass each other a couple of times. And it wasn't an event every game, but with Alba, it was. There was going to be some things said <laughs> as you were coming and going, and it was that night in the playoffs. Of course, we ended up kind of like we talked about. Uh, we got things going that night and got on them pretty good. I don't think the final score was indicative of how good they were. It was just going that way that, that night for the Tigers. But they, they were they were, they were were a handful. They were definitely a handful. As a matter of fact, that night, I was going to add this if, if we have time. Oh, yeah. That night, before the game, you know, on home games, we uh, would often, you know, you would let you would have the pair pride, the pregame meal, and you would lay around at the field house or somewhere there, you know, close by the, the locker room. Our little crew would always go out and lay on blankets in the south end zone. Uh-huh. And we would lay out there. It was usually me and Mark Ward and Roger McClellan, Meg, and maybe Robbie Jernigan may have been out there with us. It was five or six of us. Well, anyway, when Alba showed up, Coach Baker came around the corner there in the south end zone and said, okay, they're here. Y'all come on in. Well, we're getting up, and Ward says, hold on a second. Mark Ward says, hold on a second. And he takes off his shorts, and all he has on is a jock strap. 
and he puts on a bandana around his head, and the blanket we're laying on is leopard print, and he puts, he puts it around him like a cape, and he walks the entire length of the field from the south end zone to the north end zone as Alba's doing their walkover. He splits them like the Red Sea. I mean, he's walking out to the middle of them, and they're looking at him. You know, all these guys, we've played against each other now, you know, four or five times over the two or three years, including the playoffs, so they know who he is. But that, that kind of set the tone for that night. I'll never forget Ward doing that. That was one of the one of the funnier <laughs> memories uh, from those days. But of course, we played uh, Saran Stacy there in the in the in the I can't remember if that was the quarterfinals or yeah. semifinals. Mm-hmm. He was good. My gosh, he was good. He didn't. Uh, we handled him pretty well. Uh, Lynette, I think the following week, probably roster wise, had a more talented roster. And uh, we got on them pretty good. And then Litchfield came in. And I don't know, other guys may remember it differently than me. I just remember not watching any film on Litchfield until about 5 o'clock on Friday. And I don't know if that was by design. They didn't want us to see what we were fixing to be in store for. They didn't want us to be nervous or whatnot. But I remember at 5 o'clock, Coach Baker took a couple of us to, to the uh, locker room, I mean, uh, to the library of the school, and we watched some clips of uh, Litchfield and their outstanding running back, Tracy Crowley, and he and it looked like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm like, uh-oh, okay, here we go. And he was he was good. He's the best football player I ever played against. He, uh, I think Coach Sasser said it best. We could match up with 21 of them, but that 22nd one, we didn't have an answer for, and he was good. But uh, we had a good year. Uh, it was disappointing the way it ended, certainly. But it was a it was a fun ride. It was kind of coming on the hills that '84 team who had kind of lit the fire for the community, so to speak, after having a uh, drought from '69 to '84. But those that, that was a good football team. We were uh, we were good, strong senior leadership. And I think one of the better one of the better testaments to it was like so many great football players in that sophomore class. That didn't get to play that much that year. You know, I think only three or four of them actually lettered. But it was uh that that's the Jim Baggett's, the Stephen Browns, the Clay yeah. Brazels, the Ricky Nettles. I mean, they they went on to have great careers and played on some great teams also that we may hear later on in, in the in the in the list. But uh, that sophomore class was loaded with football players, but we just had so many good seniors. Snaps were just hard to come by. Absolutely. Now let me ask you something. Because um this was my first year as head coach at Op. We played you guys. We probably played you about as good as anybody did. We lost 30 to 14 or something like that. The first game against Andalusia, we lost on basically the last play of the game. Is that right? The very last play of the game. So can you can you explain exactly what happened? Because I've seen the film, but it's it's not really on the film. Well, I can know. explain exactly. Because you were real close over there, weren't you? I was real close. I was directly involved. It was, it was. I'm going to say they had the ball on the 35-yard line. It may have been the 30. It may have been the 40. But it was on our side of the 50. We were leading whatever it was, 15 to 14. They certainly couldn't kick the field goal. And there was just seconds left. It was three or four seconds. Their quarterback, Lane Pierce, who on a side note – we ended up being fraternity brothers at Auburn. Oh. So we got to talk about, we got to talk about this over and over and over again. Trust me. They snap the ball. He goes straight back. He gets flushed out. He, uh, they're going towards the south end zone. He rolls towards the Miller sideline and it's kind of, you know, he's now out of the pocket rolling. And when he starts coming back towards the line of scrimmage, we're in prevent defense. We're in cover four. Uh, and of course I've got the sideline for us. I'm over there and, uh, you can see a lot of, our guys reacting to the quarterback coming up. So I was kind of hung out to dry there. Jeffrey Hall was supposed to be beside me. Jeffrey Hall was, you know, was supposed to be there. Anyway, he, <laughs> up, he throws up a jump ball, and it's me and Grady Smith, who at the time, Grady Smith was a freshman at, at, at Andalusia. He went on to sign with Auburn. I think he had a horrific knee injury that derailed his playing career. But he threw a jump ball, and I remember we both jumped, and I came down, and he was still going up. And uh, he, he caught it, and he brought, he brought it down, and that was the ball game. It was it was zeros on the clock, and the and the thing that was a killer is I remember there had been a lot up in the Bruton Standard that week. You know, we had not beaten Andalusia in like thirty years. Yeah, now, we had not yeah. played them every year for thirty years. But the the two handfuls or three handfuls of times we had played them, we had not beat them. So we're fixing to we're fixing to exercise all these demons for all these people, and uh, they 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 snatched victory. 
promise. That was it. And you know that ha- you know that happens sometimes, especially in a in a first game, because a lot of times you can't work on everything before a first game. And so one of the things that gets left out sometimes is you know you have just enough practice time to kind of get in some kind of defense to defend the pass, but you don't really get to work on it very much. And so yeah. sometimes it's just you also they had a new coach that year and you were very limited as to knowing exactly what they were doing on offense. So but but it just kind of came together. That was a a loss that was just really hard from the standpoint that um you know, had we won that game, really we could have gone to the state championship game and probably should have undefeated. Yeah, and probably yeah, yeah. And, no, no question. And 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 would be further up this list right now. I remember, I remember thinking, you know, when we got that thing rolling, and it felt like we were pitching shutouts every week. I knew that nobody was doing much with us. We were, we were having our way. I remember losing the game never crossed my mind. Like it yeah. was just, you almost just took it for granted that we're going to go out here, we're well coached, we're going to do what we're supposed to do, and the scoreboard's going to take care of itself. And that's just the way it was going to be. And it was for thirteen weeks, for twelve weeks. It was. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 that was a lot of fun. And I'm going to add this as a side note that has nothing to do with this team. The next year, we started the season with Andalusia again. So those of us coming <laughs> back, myself included, we're fixing, the, we're fixing to right some wrongs on this week. In the opening game, we're winning seven to nothing with three seconds to go. They're at about their 40 yard line, an eerily similar situation. They throw the Hail Mary. I'm not going to name my teammate by name. We <laughs> intercept the ball. The game is over. There is no time left on the clock. And my team is convinced that he's going to return it for a touchdown and we're going to beat these guys 13 to nothing because seven's not enough. Well, he takes up their sideline and he gets knocked out of his cleats. The ball goes straight up in the air. One of their guys runs under it. Was it 60 yards? Was it 60 yards for a touchdown? They kicked the extra point, and they beat us in overtime, fourteen to seven. <laughs> oh goodness! So that so that had made it thirty-eight years we had to beat Andalusia. <laughs> and I said, I'm done with them. I'm done with them. Well, we got them back in the nineties. I tell yeah, you that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, that was some hard. That was some hard luck. Eighty-six teams, an outstanding football team. A little hard luck here and there. Group that we had a great senior class that year, and uh, and and it showed. So this ends part one of this episode, which includes teams 20, 19, and 18. Uh, Check the next part of this episode. Part two will include teams 17 and 16. Thanks again for listening to A Minute with Coach Riggs. 